You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But clearly, Carlos Carrasco, and I made light of it a few minutes ago, but now I'll talk seriously about it. Carlos Carrasco's got issues with the pitch clock. And the reality is he has to adjust. That's it. That's it. It's not a reason to ban the pitch clock. It's not a reason to hate the pitch clock. Everyone's playing by the same rules. I know that certain guys are going to be affected more by it. Carlos Carrasco has got to figure it out. And if his velocity was down as this game went on, because he's not used to pitching every 15 seconds, he's just got to find a way to get over it. I'm sorry. I hate to be blunt, but that's just the reality of this. And a part of why one of the added benefits, I guess, of the pitch clock would be that the velocity could come down on some pitches. And the positive to that is that could lead to less strikeouts, more ball in play. So there's aspects of it that I guess are good for baseball. But in terms of the Mets, Carlos Carrasco has got to figure it out. That's it. He's got to find a way to communicate with Tomas Nito or Omar Nevarez. And if it's the pitch com screwing up every other game, which it seems like it does, it seems like we've seen a lot of examples of, oh, no, my pitch com isn't working. But whatever is going to keep him from throwing 94-95 on a consistent basis, he's got to figure it out because you're not getting major league hitters out throwing 88-89 mile-per-hour fastballs. And that was the problem for Carlos early in this game. Now, I'm not panicking about it. I just think that if that's the issue and it's not a physical issue, because if a guy's velocity is down the way Carrasco's velocity was on Monday, it's fair to ask why. It's fair to say, hey, what the hell's going on? Are you hurt? Which is the worst case scenario. I mean, the Mets have already dealt with so many injuries in this rotation. Quintana's out for a while. Who knows about Verlander? Scherzer will have an injury at some point, if not next week. That's just a reality. So to have Carrasco go down, I mean, you really want to test the depth of this rotation. You'll be testing it. So I'd rather it be adjustment to the pitch clock than it would be a physical issue. But when you're throwing 89-mile-an-hour fastballs and your fastball's down to 92, and it was going on as the game went on, which was scary. Like, it started normal and went down a tick after an inning and then another tick an inning later. That's a problem. But it is one game, so just like the good starts that you see from somebody, you don't want to over-exaggerate after one start, but it was concerning. And it was just a bad, bad game. I mean, really, two of these in a row. And I know you're going to have a bunch of these throughout a Major League Baseball season. You play a buck 62. There's going to be a handful of games in which you just have no chance. It's just not your day. But to have them in back-to-back fashion, To have them one after another is a problem. And Pete said this earlier, last year, what the Mets did so well 
over the first month and a half of the year is that they never had a long winning streak, but they never had losing streaks, and they won every series they played. The first series they lost last year was in the middle of May at City Field against the upstart Seattle Mariners. They had played 10 previous series. They won nine of them. They tied one of them. Think about that. They had 10 series a year ago that they didn't lose coming right out the gate. They obviously have already lost this Brewer series. There's a decent chance they're going to get swept when you look at the pitching matchup. Not that the pitching matchup means everything, but you don't feel good about Corbin Burns coming off an average start against Chicago against David Peterson, especially with the way these first two games have gone. Now, that's not going to ruin opening day, but to walk in an opening day after getting swept out of Milwaukee, uh, not a great feeling. But win the finale of this series. If you could find a way to get to Corbin Burns, get another good performance by David Peterson, you pretty much have, I don't want to say a rested bullpen because they used Adam Adovino and they used Brooks Raleigh, but David Robertson is fresh. Drew Smith is fresh. John Curtis is fresh. You get five solid out of David Peterson. Maybe you score some runs against Corbin Burns. I think it'll improve our uh, our moods. At least we'll go into the home opener on Thursday where it's supposed to rain, by the way. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Not that it's a big, you know what? They've played so many games in a row. If they rained out Thursday and they played Friday, it sucks personally for me just, to, you know, in terms of trying to get there. But for the Mets and as a whole, it's not, I guess it's not the end of the world. Unless you canceled your plans to go Thursday. <laughs> but the weather sucks. I'm just letting you know, man. It's supposed to rain. It's supposed to be warm. That's one the weird thing. It's supposed to be almost 80 degrees for the home opener. But there's a really, really high chance of rain. And there's a chance of hail. You know why we get hail? I don't know if this is true. I'm just uh, spitballing here. I think when there's a cold front and a warm front, and they like merge against each other, that forms hail. So if you're asking like, why would there be hail and it's 80 degrees, that's why there'd be hail, apparently. Now you could fact check me on that. You may prove me wrong. I have no freaking idea, but I took one year of meteor meteorology, meteorology at a community college. So is this I have some knowledge? Is, is this basically you saying that the Mets are going to go from really being cold to being hot and at the same time it's going to explode and be hail? That's, that's basically what not, you're Not at all, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, listen. Mets fans, my fellow Mets fans, I am agitated. I am annoyed. I am not panicking. I am not worried. I don't want anybody to take these angry additions of the Rico after games as like I've said, the Mets suck and they're dead. I have not said that. Now, you may have construed that based on my anger at just about everybody, whether it's Max Scherzer or Buck Showalter or Carlos Carrasco or Francisco Lindor. I'm upset. I'm, you know, I'm a fan. I don't like losing. I don't like getting annihilated. I don't like getting embarrassed on back-to-back -back days. But if we could all talk seriously right now for a second, I'm not worried. Like, I don't think that five games, good or bad, by the way, should change your opinions. If you had an opinion three weeks ago, I don't necessarily think a sample size of five games should change that. Now, it's easy to have a change because we're all emotional and we don't have any other sample size to look at. But 
I remain kind of similar to how I felt a week ago. Now that can change at some point because eventually five games becomes nine games, which becomes 15 games. And there obviously is a point during a season in which you start to feel differently about things that you thought. But before the Mets have ever played a home game, I am not feeling differently about this team. I'm just agitated. I thought it was a good weekend against Miami. They didn't hit the cover off the ball, but they went out and won three out of four. Like, what's what's to feel bad about? And the last two days have just absolutely sucked. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I'll give you a positive, and I'll follow up with a question on top of it. So the positive is, you know, again, Corbin Burns is pitching tomorrow. The Mets faced Sandy Alcantara, reigning Cy Young, and he's back to his old ways. He already pitched a complete game today. Uh, so I think it gave up one run. So the Mets were able to get to him. So maybe there's something that it's, you know, maybe they'll get to better pitching. Corbin Burns is up there for Cy Young, too. He's a great pitcher. So maybe the Mets will get to him. Maybe it's the better pitching that they really hit. Really? I don't know. I'm that's, that's what you've come up with? That's, I'm just trying something. Now, here's a real question, though. We saw Carrasco's hiccup and saying that he just needs to get – he the the pitch clock screwed him up. We saw Connor the other day with the lack of judgment or the 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 flightiness with the waiting for the velocity to hit never happened. He gets called strike three on something because he's waiting for something to happen. So is it possible because the Mets are a little bit old on the older side that they're just so used to the game without the new rules that it's going to take a little adjustment for them and that's why they're not as good as they should be. No. I don't think the pitch clock has anything to do with the way they're playing. I really don't. I, I think that it affected Carrasco. So that game, certainly you want to say that, that that game was impacted by the clock. Sure. I mean, Carlos Carrasco is making an adjustment. And I think it's clearly affecting him. I think Mark Canna striking out when the game was already out of reach doesn't really matter. They didn't have any violations, if memory serves correct, from this game, from game two of the series. I don't recall any. So, no, I don't think it's the pitch clock. I think they're just, they're not hitting. <laughs> they're not hitting, and they've had back-to-back awful starting pitching performances. Absolutely awful. The other piece of bad news that we should mention is Brett Beatty. Brett Beatty's hit the cover off the ball down at Syracuse. I'm getting highlights of his afternoon game, Tuesday afternoon, and then I see a swing from Beatty that causes discomfort, and it's this thumb. And it's the same thumb he had surgery on a year ago. And he's going to have imaging on Wednesday. So we'll see. But that is very, very concerning. Because I think that was the main kind of thing to look at as a Met fan as they struggled offensively, which was, hey, call a Beatty. Hey, call a Beatty. When are they calling a Beatty? Hey, when's Beatty coming? Escobar sucks. Where's Beatty? Beatty, 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 Beatty. And we may lose that crutch. Because if Beatty has to miss time, on a surgically repaired thumb, that is deeply concerning. 
So hopefully everything's okay. I did see Ronnie Mauricio had an RBI triple. It's funny. When you see all the kids at AAA hitting, it makes us long for Call him up. Call him up. Call him up. Call him up. They are not calling anybody up anytime soon. And the reason I say that is barring injury, because injuries change everything. Billy Epler is not going to just make a complete 180 after five games. After two weeks, he's not. That's why anyone who asks me this, I say, barring injury, because injury always changes everything. You could call anybody up because of an injury. Uh, I'm looking at May at the soonest. They're not going to all of a sudden call kids up to spark this offense as much as you may want it or I may want it. They're not going to do it. I have three options already. If anyone gets hurt, if there's whatever is going to happen, there's these are the three options before any of these prospects. Mikel Perez, obviously for catcher. You got um, Mendick in the infield. And then you have uh, uh, Khalil Lee that they'll call up for the outfield. They're, I, mean, I, they're not, I, I don't think they'll do that, by the way. I really don't. I don't think that they're – let's say Eduardo Escobar got hurt. And I'm certainly not rooting for it. He did have a hit in this game on a changeup that was on the ground. So it was like a little impressive hit. That was right before Buck fell asleep and didn't call for the bunt with Tomas Nito. If Eduardo Escobar got hurt, I think they would call up a healthy Brett Beatty. I do. I think they would call up even Mark Vientos. I don't necessarily think that they would have Perez. You're right about with Alvarez that I agree with Alvarez is not coming up. I don't I wouldn't even pine for that right now because it's so unrealistic, but I don't think that Epler would create kind of these cones to put in front of the young guys and say, Oh no, Danny Mendick's coming up and he's going to get a chance to play. I, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. If there's an injury, we would see these guys. Now, we shouldn't root for injuries. What we should root for are the guys to play well. Like, here's what I want. I want Eduardo Escobar to play like he did in September. I want Eduardo Escobar to remind us how good he can be when he's hot. I don't want to see him struggle. Because, and here's the reason for this. For anyone who's like, oh, you don't want to see Beatty? No, hold on. We're going to see Brett Beatty. We are. He's the top third base prospect in all of baseball. Assuming his thumb is okay, we're going to see him. So as much as, yeah, I'd be cool to see him now, I would just like the guys who are here to perform. Because it's not as if Eduardo Escobar hits, we'll never see Brett Bay. We'll see him. He'll be here. This is not a rebuilding team where just show me the young guys. No, no. This is the win now team. So my priority as a fan is to win, not to see the young guys. Obviously, a part of why we want to see the young guys is because we think they give us a better chance to win, which is fine. But if Eduardo Escobar is playing like he did in September, then the Mets have a great chance to win games because he was awesome that final month of the year last year. But if you start to struggle, if, if there's these players are struggling and then they bring up the young guys to kind of try to right the ship, isn't that the worst yes. possible outcome? Like you shouldn't be calling up Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, Vientos, Mauricio, anybody to like, oh, we're struggling. Let's get let's let's, let's get some help from no, the young guys. Let's absolutely. That's the word. That, and I mentioned that last time that you don't want to call these guys up to be saviors. You want to call them up when things are going well. And right now, again, small sample size. We're only looking at six games. The Mets aren't hitting. You call up Brett Beatty tomorrow if he was healthy. There's a sense of he's here to save the offense. You don't want that. You want the team to be playing well 
when you call him up because Beatty's going to get the call. He's going to be here at some point. Even if things are going well, he's going to be here at some point. Alvarez is different. Alvarez, if we see him this year, that means things have gone bad, as Buck mentioned. But I think it's different with Beatty, and I think it's different with Vientos. Problem is, here's the main point. The big guns have to hit. They have to start hitting. They're getting absolutely nothing from Pete Alonso and nothing from Francisco Lindor, and that's got to change. That's got to change. We'll do some emails when we do the Rico after this series is over, so we'll mix in a lot of emails, some more rational thoughts about what has happened over the last few days, but I thought it was important, Pete and I both did, that we give you some irrational, angry reaction to the first two nights in Milwaukee as the Mets have been embarrassed and outscored 19 to nothing. So if you're angry about anything we said today, you can email us to RicoB at gmail.com, but understand that you cannot blame emotional reactions right after a loss. All right? Okay, we we all agree? No one's going to hold anything I said today against me? Good. Thank you very much. And thank you for downloading Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.